Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, if you will. Romans chapter 12. It's so good to see all of you. Amen. We are winding this year down, aren't we? Are we coming to a close? You know, as you come to a close of something, as we begin to shift our thinking into the next chapter, if you will, next season, you know, sometimes I find it funny how, you know, we follow the ebbs and flows of the seasons. You know, you start out with the winter cold, or at least some states start out with the winter cold. Not not so much around here, right? Um, but, you know, you start out with that in the beginning, and then you get to around March or April, and you start seeing new life budding forth everywhere. You get to the summer, and it's just sunshine, and we complain about how hot it is and wish it would cool down, except when it cools down, then we complain about how cold it is, and we wish it would warm up. I get nods and head shakes from both angles. You know, then you end up in the fall, and things start changing color, and start falling off of trees, and then you're right back where you started again. You know, you're, you're constantly in the ebbs and flows of seasons and ebbs and flows, and sometimes we put God on that clock. You know, sometimes we think God starts on January 1 like all of us, and, and, and so we think of new things and new seasons, and we write out these resolutions, and we write out these ideas of what we're going to do different next year, you know, because as you come to the close of 2021, you start looking back and maybe you look back with some satisfaction. Maybe you look back with an idea of what you've accomplished and um, what you've seen God do and uh, maybe the fruitfulness and of your faithfulness and of your own labor per se. But, you know, a lot of us maybe look back on things with maybe some regret, maybe a little bit of what wasn't accomplished, what wasn't done, what did we not yet see changed. And so this this time of year, you know, this is the first Sunday in November that we're gathering together. We've got about, what, eight weeks or so through the end of the year. You know, this is a time of reflection for a lot of people. This is a time, a season um, where, you know, we begin to wind one thing down and then you begin to set goals and have an idea of what you want to see accomplished in the next. And so a lot of times we think God's clock works that way. A lot of times we put God on the same clock that we're on and maybe God is doing things on a little different wavelength than us. You believe that? Maybe he's running a different tangent, running a different course than we are sometimes. And so maybe it would help us if we would stop and slow down a little bit and ask God, God, where am I at? God, what do I need to address? God, what do I need to adjust? God, what do I need to reflect on and look back on? Because he might have something else different in store. You know, I, I, I thank God for rhythms. I thank God for discipline. I thank God for the, the, the times of life where we can adjust and correct things. But I'm going to tell you right now, your life will never be more uh, fruitful and your labor will never be more fruitful than when you are led by the Spirit of God. It never will. There's no discipline. There's no regimen. There's no rhythm. There's no pattern. There's no formula you can come up with that will ever be greater, stronger, or override the leading 
of the Spirit of God. And so I want us in these last couple months that we have left together in this year uh, to uh, think about what, in what way can I be led and in what way can I uh, follow the Spirit of God with the time that we have left in 2021, because we all want to start off 2022 on the right foot. We all want to start off maybe better than you ended this year. We all have aspirations to do better and to obtain more and to go further, at least you ought to. You know, in John chapter 15, when uh, Jesus was talking about, I am the true vine, you are the branch, Uh, he said that the tree that does not bear any fruit, the branch that does not bear any fruit, he cuts off, eliminates, gone. Put in the fire. It's worthless. It's not producing anything. You know, God does not keep things around that don't produce life. He just doesn't. He he doesn't get emotional with it. He doesn't build a relationship with us. It's, oh, I mean, you've been here so long, and you've you've done so much, and, and, I mean, we've we've come so far. I mean, just hang around. Just, Just... No, he says, man, if you're not producing anything, lop the thing off. Get rid of it. What if we approached our lives that way? And then it goes on to say this, and the branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. What's that? More lopping off. More removing of stuff. Why? So that it can bear more. Everyone say more. Everyone say more. God is not just interested in fruit. He's interested in more fruit. And the moment you think you've obtained the more, he moves you on to the more than the more that you just obtained. Come on. So we need to be people that are always striving and obtaining for more. And while we, you know, can kind of end up in a reflective season and a reflective moment of our life, and we ought to do those things, let's always be those that strive for more. Let's be those that strive for deeper further, faster, advancing, increasing, growing, gaining. I mean, these are the words that ought to uh, be permeating through our veins in times like this. This is the stuff that we're made for. This is the stuff that we were built for. This is the the whole reason why you exist. And I sound a little bit like a cheerleader this morning trying to cheer you on. Let's finish this thing strong. Not only that, but we're in the last of the last days. I heard someone say recently, God doesn't put in the scrubs at the last quarter. He puts the best of the best. You're on the planet for such a time as this. Not Esther, not Noah, not Moses, not David, not, 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 not Samson, not, not Gideon, not Jesus, not Paul, not Peter, not the disciples. You are. And they're all looking down from heaven at you saying, how are you going to finish this thing? We laid the groundwork. We got you to where you're at. We gave you all the preparation you need. Are you going to finish this thing strong? So let's finish strong. Amen. Let's finish this year strong. Let's finish this season strong. Let's finish this time strong for the kingdom of God. I say that with much weight and with much burden because there's so much riding on us in these days. If I have felt anything over the last year, last couple years now, it's the, it's the burden and the weight that, that all of heaven is riding on what you and I will do in this moment. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's looking for a church, an embassy, a, a, a people, a nation that will finish this thing strong.
The title of my message today is Out With The Old. Out With The Old. Come on, we got just short of 60 days left. And we like to talk about, if I say out with the old, y'all finish it. In with the, oh, we love the new. We love the new. But you know what I have found um, um, in our world and, and in our culture and society, um, and it's crept into the church, is we don't do out with the old, in with the new. We just try to add the new. We try to add stuff without removing stuff. I got to start at Mark chapter 2. Y'all, we'll, we'll get to Romans chapter 12. It's a good one too. But, but, but look at Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Let's start there. That seems like a good place to start. Don't you think so? Just say yes. Just agree. It's, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Some of y'all are like, no, I wanted to start at Romans chapter 12. Would you? I'm not even turning the page. I'm just staying at Romans chapter 12. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 22. And no one puts new. Everyone say new. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. So right there, right off, the, right off the bat, right off the cuff, we're addressing the new versus old idea. The new season versus the old season. The new thinking versus the old thinking. The new way of living versus the old way. The new versus the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine, everyone say new, must be put into new wineskins. Everyone say new. All right, in that last sentence, new wine must be put into new wineskins. In the English, in the New King James that we're reading out of, um, it says new in both places. Y'all see that? New wine and new wineskins. Y'all see that clearly? Yep, that's right up there. N-E-W, new wine, must be put into N-E-W, new wineskins. But in the original writing, that's not the same word. Not the same word. It's not new and new. The New American Standard reads it this way. The New American Standard, NASB, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost in the skins as well. But one puts new wine into, what's that word? Fresh. So the first word new that we see for new wine means new as in age. But the second word, new, in the New King James, it means renewed. Or as we read here in the New American, fresh. 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 See, God is wanting to do a new thing. But he can't do the new thing with our old ways. With our old thinking. With our old process. We, he wants to bring the new 
wine. He's always moving us into new things. If you think you, you received something great this year, if you think you obtained something great this year, there's even more, there's even better, there are greater days ahead, the best is yet to come, right? All these things that we've been seeing, the, the, the latter will be greater than the former, and many times we're crying over the former because the latter doesn't look as great, but he says, man, I ain't even getting started yet. What I have yet to show will far surpass anything you've ever seen. And that includes in the word. The days that are coming for the church are seriously, honestly, the best days the church has ever seen. Period. The question is, will it be the best days for you? Will you, will you rise to the occasion and rise to the challenge and meet the best days that are ahead of us. New wine into fresh or renewed wineskins. It's the skin that could compromise the new, the wine. Guys, this is what we've got to understand. What you could learn can be compromised by what you already know. What could be revealed, what has yet to be discovered, what God has yet to show you could be blocked and hindered by our expectation based on what we've already experienced, what we've already seen, what we've already done, what we've already accomplished, what we've already been a part of, what we've already participated in. And so what God is saying is, is we've got to get the whole package off of the thing if you want to walk into what I have for you. If you want to walk into the extraordinary, the mighty, the great, the, 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 the greater things that God has yet ahead, we have to make sure that we remove some things just as much as we are trying to receive some things. And I cannot receive what God wants until I remove what he doesn't want. My receiving can be compromised by the lack of my removing. Y'all with me? We see this all the time. People enter marriages with baggage. People have kids with baggage. People start jobs with baggage. Can I go here? Can I be as bold as to say? People go to new churches with baggage. And now what you've done is you have just put the burden on the new to carry the weight of the old. You put the burden on 2022 to carry the weight of 2021. This is why most of us don't accomplish our New Year's resolutions is because we went into the new year with 2022 having to fix everything that 2021 broke. <laughs> no, we got to remove some stuff. You can't just carry whatever you want into the next thing and expect to get new stuff. If you don't open your hand and release what you don't need, then you can't have an open hand to receive what you do need. Release it, then receive it. That's an anointed word right there. Release it, then receive it. Remove it, then receive it. Because God wants to move us into some new things. 
God wants us to see things we have never seen before. God wants us to be a part of things that you never dreamt possible. God wants you to participate in things you never, you would be called on to do. But if you're just content with mediocrity and status quo and sitting on the sidelines rather than on the edge saying, Lord, tell me when and I'm going, I'm there. But we've got to cut some things off. We've got to prune some things out. We've got to release some things out of our lives. Or we won't be ready to receive what God has for us. Go back to Romans chapter 12. You can go there now. I'll give you permission. Romans chapter 12. I want to receive all that God has. I want to be a part of all that God has. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, right there, right there, just off of that last statement, which is holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Holy, acceptable to God. If if, if there's not anyone in this room that doesn't have a desire to meet those three qualities, then you need to come down at the end and we need to pray. That there's a shift in your heart. But in essence, that should be all of us, in in, in a nutshell, in in just a quick uh, synopsis, that should be all of us right there. Holy, acceptable to God, that being our reasonable service to Him. That should be who we want to be, right there. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. So notice they're right piggybacking off of each other is what we should be and right behind it is what we should not be we should be holy acceptable to god then we should not be conformed to the world notice that you can't have one without the other or you can put it this way you can't have one still being the other Notice that if I'm going to walk into holy, acceptable to God, then I'm going to have to walk out of being conformed to the world. Y'all see the connection there, okay? Look at it in the, um, uh, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, verse 1, And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. That means you're pleasing to him. See, see we, we've made a big deal out of the love of God. But we haven't spoken as much about the pleasure of God, being pleasing to him. If I can be pleasing to him, then that means I can be unpleasing to him. Being acceptable to him. If I can be acceptable, then that means that there must be a part of me that is unacceptable. In a world that preaches acceptance and that preaches tolerance and preaches let whatever you want and whatever you have come in. Ultimately, God draws a line somewhere. Ultimately, ultimately, God has some standards, apparently. God has a way that you approach him and then a way that you live once you have approached him. See, God loves you enough to let you come as you are, but he also loves you so much that he won't leave you the way that you are. There are some things that are unacceptable. 
There are some things that aren't tolerated. There are some things that aren't received. There are some things that aren't pleasing. I've used this example before. I love my son, both of them, Camden and Austin. I love them dearly. There's nothing they could ever do to make me not love them. But do they always please me? No. I don't always take pleasure in their decisions. I don't always take pleasure in their, in, 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 in their uh, 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 choices that they make, things that they do, behavior that they implement. I, 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 they're, they're, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. It means that I'm not taking pleasure in how you're living at the moment. You know, really, you know, we, we, we make a big deal of the love of God, and we ought to. It's a big deal. You'll never be able to comprehend the fullness of the love of God for you. But, but can I also say this? We, we have over-exemplified it and over-emphasized it in this manner, that there's nothing you can do to earn it, and there's nothing you can do to unearn it. There's nothing you can do to make God not love you. In essence, all you have to do to get God to love you is be an alive human being on this planet. For God so loved the world. There's nothing you did to earn that. There's nothing you did to impress him. There's nothing you did to put you in his good graces. He loves you. So now what we ought to be doing is making an emphasis and, and, and pointing our direction toward how can I live a life that's pleasing to him, that's acceptable to him. And so he says, live in holiness, experiencing all that delights, it, uh, that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Verse 2 says, stop imitating. Everyone say stop. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Look at it in the Amplified. I got a lot of uh, these passages and a lot of different translations because I want to really break this down today. In the Amplified, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. In the message translation, I'll give you one more here. In the message translation, verse 1 reads, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Look at verse 2. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So again, what am I trying to drive home? That to be one thing, we have to not be another thing. Don't become so well adjusted. The Bible talks consistently and at length about becoming one thing means removing Another thing, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everyone say all things. Say all things. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Man, we love that. New creation. New creature that never existed before. And the old things have passed away. Notice that there is no implication whatsoever. You cannot gain the thought at all that there is an allowance or tolerance of anything from a previous life allowed in the new life. We cannot come to that conclusion whatsoever. But there has been a blending taking place in the church. And it's caused more harm than good. We did this because we felt that the message of the cross and the message of the kingdom and the message of this new life in Christ was just a little too harsh to actually expect someone to live a completely different life than they did prior to when they were in the kingdom of God. We did this because we thought that there weren't enough people attracted to that message, enough people drawn in by the message that, that your old stuff is contaminating and toxic to your life and that what God has for you requires you to release and remove all, all things have been passed away, all that you were prior to coming into the kingdom. And so over time, we made these little exceptions and we didn't subject everything. And I'm not just talking sinful lifestyles. I'm talking weighty lifestyles. We don't have people that come into the kingdom saying, what can I get away from? We have people that come into the kingdom asking, where's the line so I can, I can stand as close to the line without falling in to sin? I can tell you right now, if you stand close to it, you'll fall into it. If you keep it anywhere near your proximity, it will become a part of your life at one point in one time. And so the whole mindset is broken. Because we're asking the wrong questions. Is it okay to drink? Is it okay to smoke? Is it okay to do this? Is it okay? To... And we make, little by little, we make these allowances and these tolerances that end up growing and swelling over time. It's never about what it is. It's about what it will become. That's why we have people in our nation today pushing back on certain mandates and certain legalities that the government is trying to press and push because it's not about what it is today. A year and a half ago, it was just a mask. Now it's three shots and one every year. It's, not a, it's never about what it is. It's about the precedent that you set and then what it can grow into and become. You've got to be able to see down the road. You've got to be able to see the bigger picture. You've got to be able to have your eyes open wide enough to not just be swallowed up by the here and now. So the message of the kingdom and the message of the cross is not bring all your baggage. And, 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 and I mean, we've, we've made it a part of our message. We've made it the part. We, we, we have almost... To be honest with you, in the, in the American church today, we're not even preaching the same gospel Jesus preached. We're not even preaching the stuff he talked about. And we talk, we, we throw out statements like, well, all that Jesus hung out with was sinners, as if he was accommodating of their sin. We've presented Jesus in this light of, of this accommodating Jesus and accepting Jesus. 
you really think he endured all he went through? Went through all that he went through. The shame and the guilt, the beatings and the persecution, the torture, the blood that was shed, the life that was given. Do you not remember he gave his life for you? And do we really think he went through all that? So we could have this constant conversation within ourselves of what can I be allowed to do and what should I not be allowed? What am I willing to give up and what am I? I don't know about you. I want to put myself in a posture that says I'll give it all up. If, you, if it even smells of sin, if it even carries the taste of, of, of weight in my life, I'm laying it down. I'm not even having an argument with Jesus. I'm not even having a conversation about it. I want to have myself in such a softened and pure heart of such a, 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 a responsive and sensitive heart to the things of God that says, I won't even put up a fight. If you address it, I'm getting rid of it. And the only reason why we have legalism today and the do's and the don'ts, don'ts is because people are, are so hardened to what they need to lay down that they need a checkbox and they need a rule book and they need to see it in the word before I really lay it down. And you're, the Holy Spirit's going to have to show me. No, just have a posture of your heart that says, I want to be as close to you as I can. And if there's anything in the way, I'm removing it. No more of the blending. No more of the accommodating. No more of the dark sharing with light. No more of sin sharing with holiness. No more of, uh, of ignorance sharing with knowledge. But is there a way we could make a clean break from one to the other? I want to see a church that doesn't battle addictions anymore. I want to see a church that doesn't battle anger issues anymore. I want to see a church that knows how to keep their flesh under control. I want to see a church that can be so sensitive and responsive to the Holy Spirit that they listen to him when he said, put down the alcohol, and he, they listen to him when they said, buy that person's groceries. Because the same Holy Spirit is directing both. And because you became insensitive to one, you won't respond to the other. Most of the church doesn't even feel bold enough to proclaim the message of the kingdom because they see their sin more than their righteousness. Who am I to share my faith? Look at me, a broken sinner. Look at me, a messed up person. Look at me still battling with this. I, 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 I... Unclean hands and a pure heart. I mean, come on, if we're going to rise... We can't be having conversations about what can I have, what can I hang on to, what can I keep, what can I allow, what can I tolerate. That can't be a conversation anymore, guys. That, that's, that cannot be a part of our mindset if we're going to walk into the things of God. You can call it old-fashioned if you want, but the men of old, they didn't have those kind of conversations in their prayer closets. They didn't tolerate anything that even gave an air or an appearance or a presence that it wasn't of God. They drew the line clearly, and the Lord used them mightily because of it. And the Amplified, it reads this way, If anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Reborn and renewed, refreshed. A wineskin that has been freshened, 
so that it can receive the new wine. It says this, the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have what? Passed away, not holding on, not evaluated to see what's really bad and what's not so bad. Come on. The Passion reads this way. If anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. And all that is related to the old order has vanished. The old order has vanished. That means you, you, you can't even be assimilated with it any longer. You can't even be, uh, uh, um, uh, it, it, I mean, they can't even put it on you anymore. That's an old way of living. That's an old lifestyle. Again, no implication whatsoever that there is an allowance or a tolerance of what was previous, of the former things. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Come on, I'm trying to set a new mindset within you today. The mindset of the kingdom. The mindset that, look, we, we, we have enough to war over. Don't add to it with stuff that we should already have defeated and put under. Don't, don't add to the battle and the fight. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. There's a fight on our hands, and we don't need to add to that fight by assigning value to things that God is saying, just eliminate it. Just get rid of it. You don't even need it. Let's not have this conversation anymore. Let's not have this struggle anymore. You're going to find out if you really dive into the word of God that the devil is not your enemy. You're going to find out if you really want to get serious about kingdom business that he has no authority or power over you. A Christian that I see still battling the devil day in and day out, it does not know who they are in Christ, does not rightly know what they've been called or assigned to do, does not understand fully why you're even on this earth. The devil is not your problem. Jesus made sure of that by going to the cross and rising again and sitting at the right hand of the Father. He made sure you, the enemy will never be your problem again. But who's your enemy now? You are. It's the warring in the mind and the warring in the flesh and the, and the warring of the, prever, the previous and the warring of the former things and, and the warring uh, of, of, of what, what we once used to allow and tolerate and be. That, I mean, when, when I am counseling or meeting with or helping someone, that's usually the battle I'm helping them fight, is the battle with themselves. Is the battle with their own stuff. If you could just defeat you. If you could just defeat yourself. If we could just... Do just like what 2 Corinthians 5, old things have passed away. I'm not preaching this today to bring condemnation. I'm preaching this today to show you a way of victory. 
to show you a way of overcoming, to show you a way that God wants you to live, to bring you to a higher level, to bring you to the, to the place that God has for you where you will no longer allow yourself to keep you from the things that God has for you. But there's a better way. If then you were raised with Christ, verse 1, Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So he says what? Seek after the things of the kingdom. Seek after those things that are above where Christ is. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, and here it is, not on things below. Not on things on the earth. So again, This is now the third reference we've seen, that to take hold of the new, you're going to have to let go of the old. The fourth reference. We've got Mark 2, we've got Romans 12, 2 Corinthians 5, and now we're in Colossians 3. Three separate references that show us, four separate references references that show us that to grab hold of the new means to eliminate the old. I cannot seek those things that are above if I'm still distracted with the things that are below. The Amplified reads, if you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. The Passion Translation in verse 2. The Passion Translation says, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Again, to go after one means to let go of another. No accommodating, no allowances, no tolerances. No, you can bring it along if you like. Well, I understand that's a really big struggle for you, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you figure that one out. No, the mindset is to be, get rid of it. Don't try to find a way to accommodate it. Don't try to find a way to dress it up and bring it to church every week. Don't try to find a way to justify it. Don't try to, to, to twist and manipulate Scripture to allow you to uh, incorporate things that ought to be eliminated. That's not, the con- that's not the connotation that we get. That's not the context this was written in. There's no way we can come to that conclusion. Back to the Amplified. Verse 3 gives us the answer. Colossians 3, verse 3 in the Amplified reads this way. For you died to this new world, to this world. For you died to this world world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died to this world. Have we really died to this world? In Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Y'all are looking at me like, good thing I got that extra hour of sleep. You bringing the hammer today. You needed an extra hour of sleep for this one, huh? It's good. Hallelujah. Verse 2. 
Just smile. It's okay. Just smile. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Listen to that. Giving ourselves over to the enemy and what he wants and the, and the ways that he wants you to live is literally being ruled and controlled by a spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. Disobedience bears disobedience. The sons of disobedience. He's operating in the sons of disobedience. This is how we used to live. Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, by nature, meaning you didn't have a choice before you came into the kingdom, before you came to know Christ, before you were saved and born again, you didn't have a choice. By nature, you were children of wrath, just as the others. The message translation reads it this way. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Golly, man. My gosh. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. I mean, you ought to be rejoicing right now because that's not who you are anymore. That's how you once conducted yourself. But you are not that person anymore. <laughs> you inhaled polluted unbelief and exhaled disobedience. Verse 3, we all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. <laughs> yeah. The Amplified reads, in which you once walked, you were following the ways of this world, influenced by this present age. See, everyone has a source of authority. Everyone has a source of authority. Everyone has something that you allow to call the shots or rule in your life or dictate your behavior, your decisions, your actions. Everyone has a source of Nobody is ever doing just what they want to do. When I live according to my flesh, when I'm conducting, when, when I'm having a rage moment, temper moment, an outburst moment, a lustful moment, uh, uh, um, an unholy moment, that's not just me, I just want to do what I want to do. No, you are doing what the devil wants you to do. You're falling right into his trap. You're falling right into his realm. You're, 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 play, you're on his playing field, giving in to his ways. His ways never produce life. They always produce death. The wages of sin is what? Death. Wages, meaning that's how it pays out. That's the paycheck you get. You work for death for two weeks, and it pays you at the end of two weeks. Influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, 
the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purpose of God. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful nature, indulging the desires of the human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. We were, by nature, children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. The Passion Translation reads, It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. This is how we once lived. It ought to be how you once lived. See, you know, the reason kind of why I'm getting that look from you guys is, is because we don't hear these scriptures enough in church anymore. We, we've overflowed with the grace and the mercy stuff for so long now that we, we, it's even hard to hear of what our former life used to look like and that at times we could still live that way. That there are former things, previous things, another life that we ought to have removed completely from ourselves. We've heard so much of the new without the effort of removing the old. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Something to think about. Something to think about. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Verse 20, but you, everyone say, but you. Everyone say, but me, but me, but I. I have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, here it is, that you put off 
concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Everyone say put off and say put on. Say put off, put on. I've got to put something off if I'm going to put on what God has for me. They do not share the same house. There's no blending going on. We're not marrying our former life with our new life. Well, this is as good as it's going to get. God, this is all I've got. You know, I'm just doing the best that I can. No, God apparently has a standard. God apparently has a line that says, this stuff can't come here. If you want to experience this, you cannot live this. You cannot bring this. You cannot do this. There's too much babying and hand-holding happening in the church today trying to walk people into the blessings of God rather than us addressing the brokenness that's in that's holding up what God has for you. It's not going to work, guys. It's futile. It will not work. And not only that, you don't want that. Trust me. You don't want to try to obtain what God has for you while bringing along all the broken stuff from the previous life. You don't want that life. It offers nothing to you. It contaminates. We just saw. You try to put new wine in old wineskins, you're going to lose it all. You're going to lose it all. No, he says the only way to obtain it is a complete and hostile removal of everything that was prior. Quit trying to make God's blessings fix our brokenness. God's blessing is not the answer for breaking off bondage and addiction and generational curses. And I'm not making light of this stuff. I know this stuff is strong. I know this stuff is real. I know that this stuff is is, is tormenting and deceptive and manipulative. I understand that. But I know a God that is greater. Will you give him a chance? I know a God that is mightier. Will you give him yourself? Will you just come to him and say, God, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to accommodate it. I don't want to baby it. I don't want to take care of it. I don't want to just stick it in the corner and hope it goes away sweep it under a rug. I want to challenge it and address it. And by your grace and by your mercy, I can live holy. I can live righteous. I can live pleasing. I can live to everything you have for me. I'm telling you, it's the mindset that's holding you back. The addiction's not holding you back. The experience is not holding you back. The lies are not holding you back. You are. Put off the old. Put on the new. There's five things that he gives us here. He says, if you walk in futility, futility of your mind, verse 17. There's five qualities that you will walk in. Number one, he says, their understanding 
will be darkened. Darkened understanding. We limit what we can understand about God when we try to carry in things from the past. What a lot of people have done is they have lowered their expectation of what God can do to come down to the level that they have experienced him because they haven't removed a former thing. Typically, when I meet someone that doesn't believe that God can heal, they usually have some sort of experience that told them that God is not a healer. Because you cannot come to that conclusion and read the same Bible I read. But their understanding is darkened. Because they're carrying experiential baggage. But grandma loved the Lord. She stood in faith. And she died. So now your experience is greater than the word of God. That's bringing old baggage into a new revelation. And you can't receive the new revelation. Darkened understanding. Number two, it says, being alienated from the life of God. They're separated from God. Bringing old, ba- bringing old baggage. And you wonder why when you pray to God, he sounds so distant and so far away. We, we, they, they even say things like this. God, if you hear me, or do you even hear me? Baggage. Carrying on junk from a former life. And then we wonder why we don't feel any closer to God. It's because the junk is alienating. It's separating you from him. You'd be amazed at how close to God you can feel, how intimate it can be if you let go of the baggage. Let it go. Number three, because of the ignorance that is in them. Ignorance of God's ways. Ignorance of God's ways. The more baggage you carry along, the harder it's going to be for you to know and understand the will of God and when he's speaking to you. And it will be something you'll search for and yearn for. God, I just want to know your will. Am I supposed to take this job or am I not? Am I supposed to take this promotion or am I not? Am I supposed to do this with the kids or am I not? Am I supposed? And you're going to be lost, ignorant of God's ways. Because there's too much of the former. Number four, because of the blindness of their hearts, hearts that are blinded. Hearts that are blinded. That's not a soft heart. It's not a moldable heart. It's not a pliable heart. It's not a sensitive heart. It's not a responsive heart. So you have to respond to God from the heart, not the head. You got to respond here in your spirit. There's a blindness of man's hearts when we tolerate and allow and accommodate that which should no longer be a part of our lives. And then the last one, number five, who being past feeling, given themselves over to lewdness, a cease to care. They ultimately find themselves in the place where they become so desensitized. It's an unfeeling state. 
who've been in the past feeling, but they, they, they have no feeling any longer. They have no sensitivity to what is good and what is bad. And, and now all of a sudden, right becomes wrong and wrong becomes right. Are we seeing that in our world today? That's the futility of the mind. Those are five qualities that you can expect. Anyone that was walking in the futility of their mind, that you will see this uh, uh, align with their lives. And Paul's saying, you haven't learned this way. He's putting the expectation. Reading this passage in the message. Start with verse 21. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 in the message. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him. Been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. The excuse of ignorance. You know, I've, I've told people jokingly, but also in a serious manner, be careful coming to Anchor Faith Church. Because what you hear, you'll be made, you'll be made responsible for. To whom much is given, much is required. The reward of maturity is responsibility. The reward of maturity is more responsibility. The one that was given five talents went and produced ten. He now must be responsible with more than he started out with. As you mature, as you grow, as spiritual development takes place in your life, as you begin to learn these things, don't have the conversation with God of, is it okay or can I allow or can I do? Have a release. Have an openness and a sensitivity of your heart. Because once you come to know, now we're responsible for what we know. He says, now that we do not have the excuse of ignorance, Everything, and I do mean everything. See, the, the writer of the message translation, he gets it. Everything. Everything means everything. It means all of it. Anything from the former way of life has got to go. Look at your neighbor say, it's got to go. I tell people this, it's got to grow or it's got to go. If it ain't growing in my life, then it's got to go out of my life. It's got to go. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? So what's the answer? 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. 
Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I bring my body into subjection. My flesh. Now, when we talk about flesh, we're not just talking about the flesh, the body that you can see. We're talking about the body of sins or the body of lust. We're talking about a nature, flesh nature, sin nature. If you haven't been coming on Wednesdays, you, you need to be coming. We've been talking about our new identity. We've been talking about how to walk in the new identity you've been given. And this is connected with that. Because if I don't know who I am, if I continue to live by this statement, I'm just a sinner. See, even, even that statement right there, that, that, that is a, an accommodating statement. That is not a sin-confronting statement. That is not an old way of life confronting statement. That is not getting rid of a former things of life statement. That is not a statement that moves us toward what we just saw Paul say in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, you got a new man. Be renewed in the spirit on the inside that will remove, put off the former things. You know, the Bible talks about doctrines of demons. Seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And if you think those doctrines of demons of demons are, are presenting things to you that talk about, uh, you know, uh, God is awful and you don't want to serve him, you don't want to be a Christian, then you don't really know what a doctrine of demon is. A doctrine of demon is a truth that's been mixed with a lie that looks like truth, that looks like godliness. I'll tell you right now, sinner saved by grace, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, is a doctrine of demons. And it has no place in the church whatsoever. It's not creating strong Christians. It's not creating the last day saints. It's not creating the ambassadors for Christ. It's not creating those that will bring heaven to earth. It's not a moving you toward a partnership with heaven. It is not. It's allowing you to feel better about lust and sin and sinful ways and desires that don't align with the word and accommodate so I can just one day get to heaven and walk the streets of gold with him. It's not making you a better person. It's not helping you. He says, I beat my body. I bring it into subjection. In the Passion Translation, verse 27 reads this way, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control. I subdue my body and get it under whose control? 
my control. We'll have to talk today about my body, my choice. Well, let me tell you, while we're making decisions about our body, let's go ahead and make some decisions about some addictions, some things that we look at, some things that we accommodate, some things that we allow. Because I can tell you right now, you can pray to God all you want. God, take this away from me. God, you know, take this, remove it. He ain't going to do it. Never has, never will. But he will give you the grace and the strength and the mercy and the, and the peace to come alongside you so you can do it. And if you'll get intentional about removing things, then he will get intentional about strengthening you by the Spirit of God. Because his grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, he's made strong. But you got to get intentional about removing some junk. We got to get we got to get intentional about eliminating things just as intentional as we are about going after God. I want the new things and we want this revival. We want this move of God. But then when he he addresses things and tries to adjust things and tweak things, there's all of a sudden pushback and hesitancy. In Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm almost done. Look at your neighbor. Say he's almost done. Hebrews chapter 12. Man, if you can get this, this is life. I said these words are life. Where else are you going to go? He looked at Peter and said, Peter, you know, you're going to go too? Because I'm preaching a hard word because all of a sudden it's not the popular word. It's not received by the majority. Where else are you going to go? And Peter said, two houses, two who? You have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? Man, you got to be able to discern when you're getting life and when you're getting death. A lot of the feel-good stuff, it's not moving us in the direction that we need to be going. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, everyone say easily, my gosh. I mean, sin's not even having a hard time in trapping me. The sin easily ensnares me. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? just easily creeps up. I'm doing it before I even realize I'm doing it. I'm looking at it before I even realize I'm looking at it. I'm obeying it before I even realize I'm obeying it. I'm giving in to it before I even realize, what are you doing? I'm in temper mode, rage mode, before I even realize the tone of my voice, the attitude of my heart. The sin easily ensnares us. Let us run with race, with endurance, the race, that is set before us. In the message, it reads this way. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Worship team, if you come. There's life in this word today.
You know, in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Peter got up. He said, these are not drunk as you suppose. And he went on to say that this is for you and your children and your children's children. He said, for I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour out my spirit. Pouring out the new wine. He says, I will do it. The question is not, will God reveal his spirit again? The question is not, will God move in the earth again? There will be an end time revival. There will be a great awakening. There will be a, 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 a rising of the kings and queens in the earth today. There will be a nation that cannot be shaken. There will be a kingdom that will last forever, that will advance forever. There will be a kingdom that will rise. The question is the wineskin. Is it renewed? Is it fresh? Is it ready to contain what I'm pouring out in these last days? Would you stand with me? Just close your eyes. Father, we come to you now with reflective hearts to truly evaluate and truly discern. We know you want great things for us. We know that your promises are yes and amen. We know that you are a great and mighty God. We know that you have such great plans and purposes for us. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. To prosper you. You said in your word that you wish above all that we would prosper in our spirit, our soul, and our body. Father, now we take a true and honest moment of assessment. What are the things that need to be removed? What are the things that need to be eliminated? Because there is a pruning. There is a pruning in these last days. We are not afraid of you. We're not afraid of your punishment if we don't comply or don't remove. But there is a fear of the Lord that says, I want to honor and bring reverence to my king through my life. I want my life to be of the absolute highest quality and standard through which your spirit can move and work and operate. We thank you now for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus 
the blood of Jesus that does not just merely cover our sin, but it will remove as far as the east is from the west. Remove it, that which is contaminated, that which is toxic, that which is cancerous. To take on the new things that you have for us, we remove those former things, those old things, the old ways of thinking, old ways of responding, old habits that were formed. We give it to you. If that's the posture of your heart this morning, would you just lift your hands to heaven? It's not about what's in your hands. It's about what's in your heart. But as you lift your hands, you're lifting them in surrender, saying no more. No more. No more will the old way control the new way. No more will I just randomly give in to that old way of living and thinking. He loves you too much. He cares for you too much. You can come to him as you are, but he will not leave you the the way you are. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Would you just allow him to fill you right now? Just allow his spirit to fill you in this moment. Because as you release what is not of him, he will fill you with all of him. He wants to fill you with his peace. So give him your anxiety. He wants to fill you with his love. So give him your hate. He wants to fill you with his righteousness. So give him your sinfulness. He wants to fill you with his glory. Just let him fill you right now in this moment. Just let him fill you. We want to be refreshed. We want to be made new. We want to walk in all that you have for us. All that you desire for us. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.